added on to that and made it as big as we could and filled it up. Then we built this building and we filled up a service and went to two services. Then we started Ground Zero across the street and on Wednesday nights, it's absolutely full. This section's full of nothing but junior high boys. This section's full of nothing but junior high girls. And the middle is full of uh, high school students. Then we did Power Kids, in the, where the kids are right now, what we call, like Kurt said, the old Power Kids. We filled it up, and then we bought the building down the street, and now it's full. Power Kids is full. We had 146 kids last week. 146 kids. Amen. Come on. Come on. Ground Zero's full. We had over 130 teenagers and then two services on Sunday. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for this church. I'm so grateful to be a part of something that's amazing and that God is doing. And I, I, it just blows me away. It amazes me every single week what God does. I've got to tell you one story about Power Kids. This past week, Jason Birkenfeld uh, has three daughters, and they were outside in the backyard playing. They live in between here and Nazareth, Texas. And there was a big rattlesnake in the backyard up against the house by the water hose. And they saw the rattlesnake. Thank God they didn't get close to it. They didn't get bitten. Uh, the girls used one of their memory verses from Power Kids. One of the things that we do in Power Kids is it's important to us to help them memorize Scripture. Okay? When you put the Word of God in your heart, we're planting seed. And so it really matters to us that the kids learn memory verses. And we don't do a different one every week because what happens is they don't learn any of them. So we stay with one until they learn it. Well, one of the verses that we learned last year was 2 Timothy 1.7. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And every time you say a memory verse at Power Kids, uh, you get a power buck. Well, the girls were outside, long story short, with the rattlesnake, and they were doing their, power, their memory verses. And uh, the little kindergartner, Avery, did. God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And they were worried about their little dog being bitten, and they were able to get their little dog, and it wasn't bitten. And they, thank God they weren't. And Dad got home and took care of business, and uh, we sent the rattlesnake on to rattlesnake heaven, wherever that is. And, uh, and they were safe, and they were okay. Then we had them get up on the stage this last week at Power Kids, and, and uh, we sh they got to talk and share about what God did. And then we talked about, you know, don't touch snakes. If you see a snake, you don't pick it up. Uh, you know, you get an adult. We made sure to cover that. Somebody asked me if I preached where Paul was bitten and threw it in the fire. No, I didn't preach that. I left that out. We don't want our kindergartners knowing that. Amen. <laughs> but I just want to tell you it, it's, it's working. It's working, and God's ministering to the kids. God's ministering to the teenagers, and uh, God's doing amazing things, and I'm grateful. I'm going to continue this morning. This is my second week in my series called What's Inside, and what we've been doing, uh, I've been studying this. I love this subject. I love this topic. I love the topics of love languages. I love the topics of personality styles, and uh, we're going to continue that this morning. Sometimes a word to use instead of personality is the word temperament. All right, every one of us were born with a God-given temperament. All right, you don't choose your temperament, you discover your temperament. And there's four temperaments. Uh, Gary Smalley is a Christian author, psychologist, and he wrote a book called The Two Sides of Love. There are other books out by other Christian authors. And uh, I love this subject. I'm fascinated by this subject. And one of the things that helped Vicki and I so much when we were married, and not just young married, but as we got married longer and, and we went to some marriage counseling, when we found out that we had a different personality style, it really helped us in our relationship. And so we took time 
Uh, we started with it last week, and we're going to continue on it this week. Here's the thing that I want to say as we get started this morning. Again, you don't choose your temperament, all right? You discover it. It's God-given. There are four temperaments, and I have four different little stuffed animals to represent them that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. I don't want you to think uh, that one is better than the other because that's not the case. Uh, out of each of these, whether you're the lion, the otter, the beaver, or the golden retriever, every one of these are God-given. There are lions who are leaders. There are golden retrievers who are leaders. So I don't want you to think, oh, man, I, I want to be a lion because the lion gets to be the boss and the lion eats up everybody else. And so that's the personality that I want to be. It, that's not how it works. The way it works is when you were created, when you were born, God gave you this temperament. Now, to help you understand that a little bit better, think about how even an animal has a temperament. Okay, if you've ever been a dog owner, all right, or you've had a neighbor that, that has a dog, you understand dogs have temperaments. You can have a dog that's very gentle. You can have a dog that's a pleaser, very passive, or you can have a dog that maybe can be aggressive. Uh, horses are the same way. One time many years ago, I was with Don Schulte, and he had a stud horse, and he was moving it in a trailer. Then he came by the office across the street, and I came outside to say hi to him, and he had this trailer on the back of his pickup with his horse in it, and I stepped up on the edge of the trailer, and I was going to reach my hand in and pat that horse. And Don said, don't put your hand inside there. You don't want to do that. Uh, he knew the temperament of that stud horse, and he knew that uh, some things could happen that might not be good. You know, I'm a city kid, so I just thought, hey, there's a horsey. I want to touch it, right? So I'm going to reach my hand in and pat it. But he knew that I didn't need to do that because he knew the temperament of that animal. Every one of us have different temperaments. Now, one of these may stand out in you more than the others, but I want to make sure that you understand you have these different traits within you, and you may be a dominant in one area, but then you're also complemented with other areas. If you're married, probably your husband or your wife is different temperament than you. If you have children, you've probably noticed that your children can be different temperaments than you. So I want to start this morning. I want to do just some quick reading in the Scripture and remind you of what I said last week. I'm going to read 1 Peter 3, 7, and this is out of the New King James. Bible. Listen to what it says. It says, husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers are not hindered. The very first part of that says, husbands, dwell with them, with your wife, with your children, with your family, with understanding. Now, the thing I want you to see is, is knowledge, okay? In other words, the more you know about each other, the better your relationships can be. I'm amazed at how we don't know very much about each other. Uh, Ashley is taking a class at college uh, this semester, uh, and she's learning to do sign language. And she said that in the class that the professor got up and said that when a child is deaf, a child is born and is deaf, that a lot of times the mother will learn sign language, but the father will not. And Ashley was just like I was. She, she couldn't believe it. And she, they said, oh, yeah. They said even extended family won't learn sign language, and they almost cannot uh, communicate with the child. The mother has to do it. All right, the more you know about each other, the better you do. The, the more peaceful your home can be, the more you have understanding for each other, which leads me to my next verse, which is John eight thirty two, New King James Version. It's a familiar verse. It says, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Listen, anytime you have truth on a subject, it helps you. There's no premium on ignorance. Amen? 
There's no premium on ignorance. The Bible says that we perish for a lack of knowledge. So the more I learn about my wife, the, the more I learn about my children, the more I know about the people I work with, my friends, the people around me, the better it is for me. I want to read you one more verse. I'm going to go to Psalms 139, verse 13. I love these verses. It's out of Psalms. I said that. New King James says, For you formed my inward parts. This is God. God formed you. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. Stop right there. I want to emphasize that again this morning. That statement says, Marvelous are the works of God. That's a reference to you. You are the marvelous works of God. Isn't that good? Man, just let that soak in. You are the marvelous works of God. I bet you've heard different than that sometime in your life, haven't you? It says that you and I are marvelous works of God. Listen to what it says. And that my soul knows well. My frame was not hidden from you, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Here's what I want you to remember this morning. Let me remind you of this. You're the marvelous works of God and there's no one like you. And that's good, not bad. Your fingerprints, there's nobody on the earth that has the same fingerprints you do. God created you just the way you are. He loves you just the way you are. And he has a plan for your life. And I don't know about you, but that encourages me. I was walking this morning before dawn. I got up, did my devotions, went outside and walked under the starlight. And here's what was stirring in my heart this morning. Father, I thank you that I have not, nor will I ever be alone. I have not nor will I ever be alone. Jesus promised, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Now, I don't know about the battles you face, but one of the major battles in my life has been that feeling of aloneness. Even in a crowded room, even with a loving wife and children, I've had that feeling in my heart at times that I'm on my own. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, whatever's going to happen, I have to make it happen. The burden of succeeding in life, the burden of making it is on me. And I felt like that I was on my own many, many times in my life. But the promise this morning that was in my heart as I walked is I'm not alone. I've never been alone. I never will be alone. One of the songs we sang this morning that so ministered to me was that Jesus has defeated death. Now, just let that soak in for a minute. Jesus defeated death. I don't know of anybody that's defeated death except for him. And I belong to him and you belong to him. So you don't have to be afraid of death. Amen. I'm not alone and I don't have to be afraid of death because God has a wonderful plan for my life. So we started there and we talked about the different personality styles. The first one is the powerful line. What is the powerful line doing? The powerful line is doing and succeeding. The next one is the popular otter. What is the popular otter doing? Talking. I love the otter, don't you? The next one is the beaver. It is the perfect beaver. What's the beaver doing? Thinking. What's a beaver do? A beaver builds dams. In the, in the temperament world, the beaver is a lot perfectionist. They want everything just to be a certain way. Then the last one is the peaceful golden retriever. And they're pretty quiet because they just want everybody to get along and everybody to be at peace. Last week, I took time and I talked to you about the lion. I want to emphasize again, there's not one personality trait that is better than the other. They're all just different. What do we find out? What's the golden rule of the line? The golden rule is do it my way and do it now. That's their motto. Do it my way and do it now. What else do they do? Well, they're born leaders. 
They take charge early. Have you ever heard sometimes somebody say about a little girl, oh, she's bossy. I don't like playing with Susie. She's bossy. Well, probably she's a lion. Probably she's a lion. Okay, if you have a child that always knows what needs to be done and they're almost telling you what to do, you know, Vicky's mother always joked about that when Vicky was small. She said Vicky was always, when she was little, she would always tell me what I needed to do. All right, if you have a child like that, they're a lion. What's the next thing? They are compulsive and they need to change things. What does that mean? Well, they straighten pictures in other people's houses. All right, I was at Greg Birkenfeld's. Some of y'all that rung home, didn't it? You thought, oh my gosh. Yeah, don't elbow anybody. Okay. All right. Uh, in the summertime, we go out to Greg and Glenda Birkenfels, and sometimes we have cookouts out there, and we hang out, and they live out in the country, and they have a beautiful home place, and it's very large, and it's very well manicured, and it's always nice. Well, I was talking to Greg one afternoon, and he said, when I sit in my backyard, all I see are things that are wrong. Well, it just shocked me when he said that, because I, I, I don't look through those eyes. I don't look at things. When I'm out there, and that's not my place, and I understand that it's not my home, but I don't see anything wrong. That's the lion characteristic. See, the lion's always thinking about things that need to be fixed, things that need to be straightened, things that need to be done differently. That's how this person thinks. Here's the next thing. They're strong-willed and decisive. Sometimes their goals can be more important than people. They organize well. They thrive on opposition. Just tell the lion they can't do something. You want to build a fire under them, just tell them you'll never get that done, and they'll do it to prove to you that they can all right, here's the next thing. They have little need for friends. Now, I'm not, somebody said last week, oh, that means they don't have friends. No, no. It doesn't mean they don't have friends. It just means they don't have a strong as desire, okay? The otter has a strong desire to have friends and to be friends, okay? The lion can be more goal-oriented, but it doesn't mean that they don't have friends. Then the last one is they have no weaknesses or so they think they don't. All right, okay, my, my wife is the line, and when she tells me to do something and I don't do it like I'm supposed to, uh, I'm wrong, not her, okay? Lines are that way. See, lines don't think, well, I'm pushy and overbearing. They think, no, you just need to get with it. Okay, that's the line. Now, what did we talk about? We found some things that lines need to do differently. First, they need to learn to apologize. All the lines in the room say you're sorry. Oh, only one of them did it. I figured, it'd be, I figured it would be total silence, okay? Lions don't say that very well, okay? Uh, they need to learn to let somebody else be right sometimes. Wouldn't hurt you, all right? Uh, they need to practice patience, and they need to learn to relax a little bit better. All right, that's the lion. Now, what we're going to talk about this morning is the otter. Now, your pastor has a lot of this in him. I'm the popular otter, all right? Don't you love the otter? Isn't he cute? He's way cuter than the lion, don't you think, man? All right. Now, let, let me just show you. Let, let me talk to you about a child, okay? You're, you're born with your temperament. It's God-given, okay? The Bible says before the foundation of the world, all right? But so it shows up. So how do you know if your child's an otter? Here's how to know. They're always looking for fun. They'll play with anything they find. They laugh, and they love to be with people. Have you ever been around a baby that'll let anybody hold them? Okay, when Kurt was a, a young child and a baby, he, he did not want to be held by people he didn't know very much. He just wasn't one of, one of those kind of babies. All right, when Ashley was a little girl, not a baby, we would go to McDonald's to eat, and she would go out on the playground at, to a total stranger and find somebody with a baby and pick that baby up and carry him around out on the playground. 
and didn't even know them, okay? All right, that's an otter trait, all right? Uh, children that'll go to anybody, children that laugh a lot, children that'll play with anything, a lot of time they have otter traits. Let's talk about moms, okay? Moms who are otters, their house is fun. They are full of life, they are on the go, and they love to be with people. Now, my mother, she's in heaven with Jesus, and I'm going to see her, but she was not an otter. Okay, my mother was always all business. And my, now, my mother, when I grew up, my dad got up and went to work. My mom stayed home and put on her apron, and she ironed the sheets and the pillowcases, literally. She would take our blue jeans and put those wires down in them. Y'all remember those days? And she would hang them things on the line. I mean, she worked hard every day as a homemaker. Her house was perfect. Her house was clean. If she got a new couch, you didn't sit on it. If she got new carpets, you didn't walk on it, okay? You had to levitate through the living room, right? Much less eat in the living room, okay? I mean, if you're fool enough to go get some chips and salsa and eat in the living room, I mean, you're in, you were in trouble, Okay, I mean, she was not, she was not an otter. Now, she was a good woman. I, I mean, and I loved her dearly, and she loved me. She was a good mother. But our household wouldn't necessarily be described as fun or as playful or, hey, let's, ha- let's have a good time. All right, here's the next thing. Otters are talkative and storytellers. All right, listen. I love a room full of trapped people who have to listen to me. The only other person who likes it as much as me is Brittany, and she's sitting right there. I could have her. She loves to be the center of it. Look, the lights are all on me. Man, uh, that's the otter. They're storytellers. They always have a story to tell. They have a strong memory for color. Listen, I can tell you what you were wearing the last time I saw you, but I can't remember your name. I've always had that trouble. I have to really work at remembering names. And it can make me nervous when I get around people if I've seen you and called you by name, but I'm always worried that I'm going to get your name wrong, but I can remember what you were wearing. When Vicki and I, the very first time I met her last week, I told you, she had on this little gray pantsuit, and it's as vivid in my mind. I can't remember what we talked about. I don't remember anything that was said, but I remember what she was wearing. If you're an otter, you remember colors. When you go into places, you look at color, and you're sensitive to that. Here's the next thing. Then I said this. I touched on this. They love the spotlight, all right? Otters want to be helpful. Otters want to be helpful. When something needs to be done, they want to help. Now, they don't necessarily want to take it on themselves, but they want to help, and they like to be involved. They like what's going on. All right, as an otter, one of my mottos is, the more the merrier, and it's always gotten me in trouble, okay? You know, I like everybody to show up and hang out. If we're going to have, when the Super Bowl comes, I want to have a Super Bowl party, and I want 25 people there. And the line in my house is saying, if they come over, I'm going to eat them, Okay? <laughs> 25 people are not coming to our house, right? When, when, we, when we go on vacation, I invite anybody and everybody. In fact, this next summer, y'all all come go with us on vacation. Okay, the more the merrier. Now, every year we go to camp, and I used to be in charge of camp and in charge of registration. Thank God I don't have to do that anymore. Kurt and Megan do it, and they do a fantastic job. And as we made that transition, I would tell people they could go to camp. A kid would come up and say, hey, can I go to camp? You bet you can go to camp. Do you have any money? No, you don't need any money. We'll pay. That got me in big trouble because then they would go to Kurt and say, hey, pastor said I could go to camp. Well, we don't have any spots. Well, I don't care. Pastor said I could go. 
well, do you have any money? No, pastor said, I don't need any money. So I'm in big trouble. So I have to learn. So I, in camp, you can't talk to me about camp because I've had to learn to shut up about camp. And I don't say anything. Okay, uh, the otter makes friends easily. Listen, I've never met a stranger. And that's gotten me in trouble too, okay? Especially when the kids were little, we'd go someplace and I'd talk to people and we'd get in the car and Kurt would say, Dad, did you know them? No. No, I know them now, but I, but I didn't know when I started talking to them. You know, Arthur, my son-in-law, has always threatened that he's going to get a shock collar for me. Y'all know like a dog? Yeah, y'all look right over there at him. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe he wants to get me a shock collar like a bird dog wears, you know, and you, you zap them, you know, so it's like when they say come and I don't come. Because I have a tendency to wander off. One time we were at Slitterbond. Kurt had graduated from Bible school, and as a family, we went to Slitterbond. Well, we're all there as a family, and I went into the restroom, and when I came out, I met this lady who worked there at the Slitterbond. I started talking to her, and she started talking to me, and she, and she, she was asking me where I was from, and I was telling her, and I asked her where she was from, and she was telling me, and she said, hey, have you ever been over to this section of the park where the VIPs are? I said, no, and she said, well, come on, let me take you over there. So she took me through this special gate over to the resort side of the park. She got, gave me free passes for inner tubes and said we could hang out. There's only one problem. My family never saw me come out of the bathroom. <laughs> and they thought I had either been flushed or kidnapped. Now, when I was a kid, I was always worried about being kidnapped, and my father would always say, don't worry, son. They'll let you go when it gets daylight. Because he knew nobody would want me for very long. Well, I got us free passes. I got us in the VIP section. We got to enter to and hang out with royalty. But do you think my family was happy? No. They were like, where have you been and what have you been doing? Well, Ashley looked over the fence and saw me and said, there's dad with some strange woman. Where's he going? <laughs> we were not on a date. Okay. All right. So that's the otter, okay? I'm always talking to people, and Vicki always says, you know, I can hear you five aisles over at Walmart because I always see somebody I want to talk to. Here's the next thing or the last thing. They're always looking for a party. They're always looking for a party. Now, Ashley, she's got some otter in her, quite a bit of otter, and she has parties. She's planning. How many, I don't even know how many parties she has planned. I mean, she does letters for parties. She plans parties. And she's always thinking about those kind of things. That's the otter. If you love being with people, you love having people over, you love having people hang out, that's the otter. Now, imagine this morning, this is Vicki and this is me, and we're going somewhere in the car, and the otter's driving, and the line is over here. How do you think that works out? Okay, yeah, you know exactly how it works out. She's looking at me like this. Do you see that stop sign? Do you see that red light? Do you see that person? I'm like, hey, let's just have some fun here. She's always telling me how to drive, and she has saved our life a hundred times. I'm not saying she hasn't. She told me one time, if I don't tell you what to do, you yell at me, and if, you do tell me, and if I do tell you what to do, you yell at me. All right, there can be conflict. Now, here's what I want you to see again. I want you to discover and recognize your God-given temperament. Get on our website, tcf.church. Listen, folks, we have a great website. Kurt does such a fantastic job on our website. The video he did this morning, he did all that, and he does such a good job. Megan helps him. And get on our website, and you can take a simple little test to help you discover what your style is. You can get on our Facebook page and do it, or you can get on our website and do it. Here's what happens. This knowledge helps you understand yourself, your mate, your children, your grandchildren. It'll help you understand, oh, why do they act like that? Oh, why do they do that? 
because this will help you. Now, let me show you some traits about the otter. Now, in my book, the otter is pretty perfect, but there are some things that could change. Okay, here's the first one, and it's pretty hard. The otter needs to talk less. Now, y'all know what the silent treatment is in marriage? It's where you don't talk to each other because you're mad and you give each other the silent treatment. That's called emotional terrorism, by the way. And, 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 right, and, it's, not, and it's not good. And I know families that can do it for weeks at a time. Well, I've given Vicki the silent treatment many times, and my record is 30 seconds. That's the longest I can keep my mouth shut. I mean, I feel like if I don't say something, I'm going to explode, all right? So otters need to talk less. The next one is they need to learn to listen. Have you ever noticed how you have two ears and one mouth? I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not always a very good listener because I'm thinking about what I want to say. It's true. I'm thinking about what I want to say. Can I tell you something else? It's also because I can be selfish, Otters can be selfish because they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about what they want to do and what they want to say. And they don't always concern themselves with other people. I know that I've hurt people in my life as a person and even as a pastor. Because people will tell me things and I'll say, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I'm halfway listening. I'm not paying attention. And then I go on about my merry way and I forget what they said. If you've ever talked to me before and had me just walk off, that's one of my traits, okay? Now, my family say that's because I'm an otter and because I'm ADHD, okay? Probably you need to find a different church because the pastor here has got problems, right? But the otter's not a very good listener. They need to learn to listen better. Here's the next one. Uh, They need to learn to write things down. This is something that I've done, all right? I've learned, I've trained myself to make lists. I write things down that are important, whether it's a simple to-do list or whether it's things that I need to get done because I'll make promises and not fulfill those promises if I don't write them down because I'll say, oh, yeah, I'll do this. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. But then when it comes down to it, I don't do it, so I make lists. So otters need to learn to write things down. See, lions have their agenda in their head, whether it's on paper or not. They know where they're going and what they're doing, and the otter gets distracted easily. Here's the next one. They need to learn to put others first. Now, as Christians, we all need to learn to do that, all of us as believers. But as an otter, you need to learn to to put other people first. The otters are friendly and outgoing and they want to be around people, but a lot of times it's about them and not anybody else. So they need to learn to put other people first. Now, here's what we've done these two weeks. I've shown you how the lion's temperament is and what they need to do to improve. I've shown you what the otter's temperament is and what they need to do to improve. You're not any one of these completely. All right, I, I primarily, I'm an otter, but I also have beaver in me. I also have some golden retriever in me, and I've probably got some lion in me. All right, so don't think of yourself as just one of these things, okay? But it's God-given, and as you discover it, you begin to learn who you are, then you, it'll help you, and it'll help you with your family, and it'll help you with your life, especially with your kids, especially with your kids, all right? We've got kids in power kids, and they want to be on the stage. They'll raise their hand. Can I pray? Can I come up and pray? Primarily, those kids are otters. I'll go along in power kids, and I'll say, hey, do you want to pray? No, I don't want to pray. I don't want to get up on the stage. We have a tiny little black boy who sits right up in front in kindergarten. He's the tiniest little thing. And I'm up on the stage with 150 kids, and I'm talking, and he raises his little tiny hand, and I look at him, and he says, can I pray? And I thought, no, you can't pray. You don't know how to pray. He's little. I'm thinking, no. So I go ahead and have him come up. I hand him the microphone. What do you think he does? He prayed the house down. 
Little tiny little thing. All right, this is probably part of his personality. But then you walk up to the child who's the golden retriever and you say, hey, do you want to pray? No, don't make me pray. Don't give me the microphone. So you can see it in your children. You can see it in your parenting. And you can see it in your family. And all it's designed to do is just help you to grow and help you to get along better. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let's pray. Father God, I love you this morning, and I'm thankful. Father, I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful that we're part of your body. Lord, I'm thankful for the way you created each of us and made us, and that we each have our own special gifts, that we each have our own abilities, and every one of us matter. Every one of us are needed in the body. Father, would you help us to discover in a clearer way who we are and what you've called us to do? And that we would walk in that, walk in your grace, walk in your strength. And that we'd be happy with who we are because you're happy with who we are. Father, I'm thankful for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Y'all going to be blessed.